What's up, what's up? You are now listening to FY Fly the podcast, and I'm your host, Hassan Thomas, along with Remy, and we are here to share tools on how millennials can budget, save, invest, and understand student debt and credit to achieve financial freedom. If you're a high school student, college student, or someone who's interested in gaining more financial insight, this podcast is for you. I'm trying to give me a bag. 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 What's up, what's up, my fly folks out there? How y'all doing? I hope y'all doing all right. Welcome back to FY Fly the Podcast. My name is Hassan Thomas, aka CEO Sonny. And I'm here with Mr. Make a Play, Remy G. What's up, what's up, man? We on the last episode. What, 17? Man, for real, for real. Y'all already know here at FY Fly, we like to start off our show with a meaningful quote about money. Y'all know this is a show about financial literacy. And financial literacy at its simplest is not only understanding how to budget your money, but being able to save and grow your money effectively and efficiently. So today my quote comes from Jack Welch. Good business leaders create a vision, articulate that vision, passionately own the vision, and then relentlessly drive it to completion. Today, we're going to give you a rundown on the different type of business structures out there, and then we're going to go over the advantages and disadvantages of each. Leading up to my interview with H-Town's very own business consultant and financial guru, Mr. Ryan Akers. Let's get active. So I started my business, HRT Enterprises, my junior year of college. This was around my 21st birthday in April of 2019. At first, I was going to name my business HRT Consultant, but I wanted to have free reigns to participate in any business industry I wanted to. So I chose to call my company HRT Enterprises LLC, and it paid off pretty well because five months later in the fall, now in my senior year, I came up with my idea for my financial literacy company with some inspiration from my cousin. And actually, the first name I came up with was called Simplify, but that name was taken. Now let me give you guys this warning. Finding a business name can be one of the hardest parts about starting a business. Some people actually even quit because every name they come up with was already taken. Nah, for real. So now let's cover the most widely known businesses out there. We got a sole proprietorship, a partnership, a limited partnership, corporation, LLC, and a nonprofit. A sole proprietorship is owned by one person. As a sole proprietor, you are responsible for everything. For all business transactions, all debts, all liabilities, it's all on you, partner. The advantages of this type of business is that you have complete control. But y'all know what Uncle Ben say, with great power comes great responsibility. So another advantage is that you don't have to pay corporate taxes. You pay taxes on the income from your business as a part of your annual income tax. Now a major, I repeat, a major disadvantage of sole proprietors is that you are held liable for any and all things that could go wrong within your business. Even if your employees were to blame for the little mishap, guess who it falls on? You, the business owner. So unlike an LLC, which we'll talk about a little later, if you get sued, they're not only coming for your business, they're coming for your head, your neck, your car, your house, and your spouse. They're coming for everything, so be aware. Next, we have a partnership. This type of business can be very successful if the situation is right. You have two people who balance each other's strengths and weaknesses out, and y'all really can take off like a rocket. But before y'all do that, let's make sure y'all know some of the factors that are in place. As Remy G mentioned earlier, a good partner balances out some of your weaknesses while your strengths uplift their weaknesses. Having a partner is also good because this also allows you to share the financial burden. But not just the financial, also allows you to share the workload that comes with starting and running a new business. It's always cool to have someone you can run ideas by and get good feedback from. Sometimes when you ask people outside of your business, they may not give you a well thought out answer because whatever you do, it doesn't affect them. By getting advice from your business partner, at least you know the advice is meaningful because at the end of the day, you are both invested into the success of that business. Now let's talk about some negatives. 
So you do share the financial earnings with your partner, but you also share the losses. Even if you personally didn't cause the loss, it will affect both of you and the business. Another disadvantage could be you personally. Are you the type of person to compromise and work things out? Or do you like to be in full control and run things your way? Because decisions will have to be made by the both of you. So let's say what if y'all, my fault, my fault, not what if, but when y'all make it big, what if one of y'all wants to sell the business and the other partner doesn't? That could be a huge fork in the road, not only for your business, but for your personal relationship with your partner as well. Facts, G. Next, we have a limited partnership. So the difference between a limited partnership and a general partnership is in a general partnership, all parties are fully liable for any debts occurred by the business. In a limited partnership, there must be at least one general partner and one limited partner. If a legal matter was to happen, the limited partner's business assets will be the only thing that are up at stake, while the general partner's personal and business assets are on the line. Some advantages of a limited partnership is increased capital availability. While the limited partner is not fully liable for legal matters that may occur, the general partner retains most of the control of the business. Disadvantages would be the general partner is fully liable if the business was to go bankrupt or if they got sued. Also, the taxes that come with this type of business can be complicated, resulting in some states not even recognizing this type of business. But G-Man, tell us about the other type of businesses out there. Lace us up, bro. I got you. Next, we have a corporation. A corporation is a legal entity that's formed and recognized through the state. This business structure allows for separate liability protection, meaning if legal action occurred, they could only come after your business, not you. But corporations do take a little more work to file, as most corporations have plans on going global, or IPOing, which stands for Initial Public Offering. This is when the stock first becomes available on the stock market. We said it earlier, but again, with more power comes more responsibility. Corporations usually have to file corporate bylaws, articles of incorporation, and in some cases have to form a board of directors. Some advantages of a corporation are the personal liability protection, access to capital, and certain tax benefits. Disadvantages will be increased complexity, duration of the application process, and stricter rules and protocols that come with forming corporations. But hey bro, let me touch on the different types of corporations out there. You got it. So we have C-Corps, B-Corps, S-Corps, and Closed Corps. A C-Corp is probably your most common. You can have an unlimited amount of shareholders and your liability is limited. An S-Corp is similar to a C-Corp, but the difference is that an S-Corp has tax benefits that allow them not to pay double taxes. B-Corps are created for the benefit of society. So this structure allows you to maintain your social cause while keeping the tax and liability benefits of a corporation. And then we have a Closed Corp, which is usually for a private or a family company that is not looking to hit the stock market. These companies still benefit from limited liability. To do your research because your business structure is very important. Next, we have a limited liability company or LLC. An LLC is kind of like a mix between a partnership and a corporation. You have no personal assets at risk and you have less complexities than a flat out corporation. Advantages of an LLC are limited liability, ability to avoid double taxation, and the lack of difficulty it takes to form. While some disadvantages are self-employment taxes, and if you're a single member, you could face some reduced asset protection. Last but not least, good old nonprofits. I'm actually in pursuit of my certified nonprofit credential right now. Nonprofits are usually set up for a good cause that are prompt investors, donors, and branches of government to donate large amounts of money to the nonprofit. And these donations are what usually pay for the expenses of a nonprofit. The advantages of a nonprofit are the tax benefits for both sides, the money donor and the nonprofit. When someone donates to a nonprofit, this can be a write-off for their taxes, making their taxable income lower. Also, on all money received, the nonprofit pays zero taxes on it. One non-monetary benefit of a nonprofit is the satisfaction of trying to make the world a better place, which will also attract like-minded employees and board members who are on the same mission as you. Now, a nonprofit is not all as sweet as you may think. Nonprofits are the most expensive to start up and take much more preparation than LLCs. 
Nonprofits also have to submit annual filings, and in the beginning, it can be tough to secure funding due to there being over 1.5 million other nonprofits out there. Now, that's a lot of nonprofits, bro. Boys trying to find some profit. Nah, for real. Well, y'all stay locked in with us. We're going to take a quick break with our sponsor, Guapcoin, and then slide into our insightful interview with Mr. Ryan Akers, who went from Cali to H-Town just like Robert Ord. Huh? This episode of FY Fly is being brought to you by Guapcoin. Guapcoin is a decentralized digital coin founded by people of color that can be traded between peers instantly. Guapcoin is fast, secure, and highly scalable. Now, Guapcoin is for everybody, but their primary mission is to uplift those economic communities that have been left out of the cryptocurrency revolution. For more information, visit guapcoin.org or email tevans at guapcoin.com. DM us a question at FYFly on Instagram or Facebook for your chance to win 100 Guap Coins. We will be choosing four lucky winners to receive 100 Guap Coins apiece. Stay safe, stay invested, and stay guapped up. What's up, what's up, my fly folks out there? How y'all doing? I hope y'all doing all right. And we are now entering our insightful interview portion of our show. And today we are speaking with Mr. Ryan Akers. How you doing, boss man? I'm good, my man. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Blessed to be here with you. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. First of all, yes, thank you for having me. yes, sir. Yes, sir. So tell us more about you, your background, and you know how you got involved in in this entrepreneurship game. All right, I'm a father. I'm an entrepreneur. I am a financial guru. I've been involved in the financial services business and industry for over 12 years now. Briefly, I got started joining a partnership with a tax corporation that. I was able to obtain a lot of knowledge from, a lot of wisdom, mm. some some clientele. And then I branched off in 2014 and started capital income tax with my cousin, who's based in California. And we were able to expand from there to multiple states and an array of businesses here in Texas and also in California. So okay. uh, that's kind of where I got my start from. Okay. So what part of Texas are you at? I'm in Houston, H-Town, baby. Okay, okay. Shout out to the H. Shout out to the H. Yes, sir. So, man, what is the biggest lesson that you've learned from your personal entrepreneurship journey? The biggest lesson I've learned is to never give up. Because mm. you're going to be faced with challenges. There are going to be tons of things that, that happen on a day-to-day -day basis. But never giving up is one of those things that remains a constant. The other thing is always remain positive. Okay. And I, and I say this because it's very easy to get down on yourself or to be depleted. Because you're giving so much of yourself, energy-wise, mm. just remain positive during these challenges, and and things will work itself out. Um, it won't always work out, but you will work it out as long as you remain positive. So never give up and remain positive. That's that's some great advice, man. So can you tell us how important it is to have a strong mindset as well? Yes, sir. So I actually wrote this book called Getting Things Done. It's available okay. everywhere, right? But the first chapter of the book talks about ten mindsets. Mm. that are easily thrown out there to people. And it's a misconception. You know, mindset is, is the most powerful tool that we have. Your mind, even, is the most powerful tool that you have. So if you can think it, in the Bible it says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So if you can think it, you can make it happen. Manifestation is real. I believe I would be successful. And I put in the work, right? Because mm. you got to have the faith first, and then you have to put in the work. So... Again, biblically speaking, it says faith without works is dead, which simply means put in the work. You can believe it, but you got to work. It's not just, you know, wish on a genie and then you rub the lamp and then here it comes. 
Mm. Put in the time, effort, and energy. When you think about that, I put it in the sports terminology. Tiger Woods, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, uh, Mike Tyson, mm. Floyd Mayweather. All these individuals have a 10,000-hour rule, right? And what they'll tell you is anything you put in 10,000 hours on, you're going to become pretty darn good at it. Mm. If you put in 10,000 hours of playing basketball, shooting the ball, you're going to be amazing. If you put in 10,000 hours of boxing, you're going to be amazing. Imagine putting those same 10,000 hours into your business, into yourself. And so in any facet of your life, the 10,000 hour rule plays an amazing part in that. And for some people that's going to going to school and going to college and then putting in those extra hours into your craft for entrepreneurs is simply just learning your craft. So put that time, effort and energy in. Believe that you can do it and you can manifest it. Make it happen. So I noticed that you make music as well, man. Yes, sir. You know, how has being financially literate helped you navigate in the music industry? <laughs> so it's helped me not be broke. Um, <laughs> For one, and, that, yep. and that's a simple, a simple answer that I could give you. The, the crazy concept is that when I first started in the music business, I just wanted to be rich and famous. That's, how, that's what I thought uh, was most important to me. And as I was able to expand my music career, I realized that the more important tool was to be um, stable, to mm-hmm. be able to have money for my family, for my daughter, and for my loved ones. And then not even just for them, but for myself, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to maintain and pay bills and things of that nature. You've seen probably stories and there's tons and tons of them of artists who have made, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, but, you know, don't live like it because yeah. they don't have their their financial literacy together, right? They went out there, they read, uh, they signed a horrible contract and and then they weren't had, or I'm not saying they weren't, but they didn't have any money management skills. Mm-hmm. I've been blessed to be around people that have um, always tried to put me in a position, even from the streets. I always had people that wanted to put me in a better position. So I'm grateful for those, those lessons that I learned along the way to be able to learn that in the music industry, even though I wanted to be rich and famous, right? No lie. But <laughs> once I knew that, a lot of these people that I thought was rich and famous were not rich. They were just famous. Mm-hmm. I knew then that something had to change. So that's the kind of thing that happened for me. Uh, financial literacy played a big part in that for me. Yeah, I'd rather be rich than famous. I hear that all day long. I'll take it. I don't yeah. even, You ain't got to know who I am. Just give me the money. In fact. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that you looked up to Diddy. I know he's one, yeah. of, one of your mentors. Yes, sir. And I want to I say that you're not the only one, man. I, I appreciate that. Listen. It's <laughs> uh, a fine dude to look after as far as his, his acumen business-wise, mm-hmm. right? And then the people that he's developed underneath him. So you can you can judge a tree by its fruit. And so right. Diddy has a lot of uh, a lot of successful people that he's been able to spawn out from his web, so to speak. But also Diddy's tenacity to not lose in business is amazing to me. I saw that growing up. And then, you know, I saw when he was... Sean Puffy Combs, then he was P. Diddy, then he was Diddy, Puff Daddy. you know, then Puff Daddy, you know, yeah, man. And then, then he went to, you know, he had Sean John, then not only Bad Boy, but he had Sean John, then he has uh, Ciroc Vodka, he had Deleon Tequila, Diddy's into real estate, he's into making the band, <laughs> making the band, all of them, the boys and the girls, yeah. right? Making successful rap groups from nothing, you know what I mean? Like, Diddy has an eye and an ear, but not only that, his he has a hunger for success. And anything that he's going to put his hands on, he's like, he's going to be the best at it. And so 
what I picked up from Diddy was was that same tenacity. I mean, uh, one day hope to be a mogul such as Diddy on that level, if not even ascending higher than him. But being and seeing that in the forefront of my life let me know that you know this is this is doable. First yeah. of all, because somebody that looks like me uh, that comes from very similar backgrounds, doable. Not that I won't make mistakes along the way, but it, the mistakes are not going to hinder me from getting to the ultimate goal. And so mm. having that Diddy person that I looked at for me helped me out. And and so like I said, I, I hope to ascend him one day even. But uh, yeah, that Diddy is a is an amazing character. Big facts, big facts. So touch on those income generating assets. You know, p- put us on more game about your trucking business. Okay, no problem. Well, when you say more game, that's kind of broad. So which what would what would you like me to touch on in in particular? S- simplify it for us. How do we get into that? What is the first steps to getting into that? All right, this has got to be free game one-on-one and only for the FYI fly guys and the fly ladies out there because yes, uh, this is information I will charge you for. So <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Look, look, man, getting into the trucking business is probably like any other business that's out there. And I'll give you a couple of quick tips and, and a personal suggestion. Before you acquire or try to jump into a business, understand the business, right? Understand that you need to build a, a firm foundation with the trucking industry because when I got into it, I got into it based off of somebody else and them telling me that there's a lot of money that could be made. They never told me how to make the money. Mm. They never told me that I needed certain things in place. They never told me how much the insurance cost. Never told me how much that the uh, truck dealerships are going to charge me to put put down as a down payment for the trucks being a brand new person into the trucking business. They never told me how much fuel costs and how, how much fuel you'll use a week, right? Or that you may need a dispatcher if you're not a dispatcher yourself. Those are the people that are going to keep your truck running. Make sure that you have jobs for your trucks, however many you have, whether it's one or 50, right? And so those things I didn't know. And I was blessed to be able to be a quick thinker and learn on the fly. No pun intended. But <laughs> but if you're going to jump into this particular industry, financially, first, I would tell you to put aside about twenty to $25,000. Right. This is to the person that has no truck right now, but just has a desire. They see that the truck industry is a thriving industry. And even during mm. the pandemic, my company in particular was able to thrive during it and grow. So in one year, we went from one truck to 12 trucks and we're still wow. growing right now to this day. And it's not because I'm just some great guys because we put in a lot of hard work and we learn as we went. You know, so you can go through challenging situations, but understand that if you don't learn from those situations and you're hurting yourself. So put together or put to the side about twenty dollars to $25,000 also before you jump into any business, but particularly into the trucking business. Get your credit score up. Okay. You want to be 700 and up. And the reason I tell you guys that, you guys you guys are going to thank me for this. You know, credit is power. Okay. And if you have a credit card, let's say you have a limit of $15,000 or $20,000, or like I'm telling you, hold about twenty dollars to $25,000. Well, now you're using somebody else's money to take care of your particular asset in your business venture and you can pay that back you know as little as a couple of hundred dollars a month so using that opm right other people's money okay Okay. and and that's actually kind of goes back to touching back on the group economics Mm. we were able to scale our business also because we used opm as a as a model we were able to offer some investors a certain piece of equity and get them a great roi on their investment and ROI simply stands for return on an investment. So mm-hmm. how much money that they're going to make based off of what it is that we're asking them to put in for a certain period of time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So 
those are all things that we use to scale our business to where it is now and, and even continuing to grow. But for the young mind, get your credit up. And uh, if you can get your credit up where you can establish to get you one or two credit cards to get you to that limit that I'm telling you, the 20 to 25, or you don't have to use credit cards. You could, you might be the person that has credit. The bank might give you a loan for 20 mm-hmm. to $25,000. Just make sure that you have a game plan for that particular loan to go get the truck first, then get the insurance first, then pay for your tags, then establish your foundation. Like I'm talking about, you need a dispatcher, you need to make sure you got your paperwork in order. So if that's not you and not that savvy, Diddy once said, staff your weaknesses. I heard a lot of people in the, in the like that. corporate world, they always tell you to staff your weaknesses. Whatever you're not good at, pay somebody to do it. That is good at it. <laughs> I mean, if you can get somebody to do it for free, that's great. But in the business world, it ain't going to last long. So that's why I say pay for it. Man, that's some great advice. Hopefully, uh, we'll, I was able to uh, to help some people out there. But. Most def. I know my I know my bro, Big Dave, is listening. He's actually in Houston, too. And, and okay, is, okay on his way to starting a trucking business so big dave you're gonna thank me <laughs> <laughs> yes sir yes sir so bad in your opinion what is the difference between a hustler and an entrepreneur or is it the same thing i kind of struggle with that because i actually uh, recently had a conversation with one of my buddies who is still in the streets and i was reminded of of a past that i lived but but also that if you can hustle in the streets and and be somewhat successful, however that sounds, right? But you yeah. know what I'm talking about. If you can if you can get you some money out of the streets, entrepreneurship is nothing. You've already established entrepreneurship because you've built a network. Normally, for you to be able to hustle in the streets, you have to establish multiple different layers of your business to be able to operate and run, right? Whether you got a runner, whether you got people that distribute, whether you got people that pick up, whether you got somebody to get the money, whether you, got, you know what I'm saying? You've already established a network of people and, and a conglomerate that you would need to run any business successfully. So so I challenge any of my brothers and sisters that's out there that deem themselves to be the hustler. You're already an entrepreneur. You're already a boss, right? Why not boss up to a level where you don't have to look over your shoulder anymore? Right. Become that entrepreneur that establishes change the narrative. Right. Yeah. They, they, they positioned us to to pin us back and to put us in a penitentiary or kill each other. But change the narrative. And that starts with us. You can do that. If I did it and I ain't no better than nobody else. If I did it and I came from the mud, you can, too. So so hustler to entrepreneur, I, I, it's it's almost one and the same. But what I would say is the hustler may get it a little bit more grimy. The entrepreneur, eh, you know. Or we could say the difference between a blue collar and a white collar, right? And I'm speaking from personal experience as a blue collar grinder because I used to work in the oil field. Forget the streets, just just hustling and bustling. I hustled at work for the for the oil company. When I became an entrepreneur, I managed, right, right, right. I managed. Then it was a little bit different. Like uh-huh. when you can establish the difference between making somebody else money and then working for yourself and making your money. You you you've hit it. You, you're light years ahead of the game, and I get that all the time. You, you know, Ryan, man, I I think it's great. And these are some of my friends, some of my associates, even they'll give me kudos for establishing the the network that I have. But I remind them, like I'm talking to the young people right now, you can do this. I'm no different than you. You can do this. I just decided to do it. It's the only difference. And not give up. That's it. I did what my book says. I got things done. This uh, is why I was written. <laughs> To, to help encourage those people 
who are procrastinators, one, or who who just feel like they lack. Because I wrote the the book was written on a position of lack, tired of lacking, and I, and lack can go in a lot of different ways. Not necessarily tired of being broke per se, but just tired of lacking. Like, what can I do to be better? How can I better myself? And then I, while I'm writing it, I wanted to establish that other people are going to feel just like me. Right. This book can touch a lot of different people. Like I said, one of the first chapters, it actually is the first chapter, is about mindsets. Because mm -hmm. if you don't change your mind, if you can't understand that this thing here runs the world, we're lost. I agree with you completely, boss. So can you okay. tell us <laughs> can you tell us your thoughts on regularly checking and tracking your finances? Keeping keeping a, a good record. Like I told you, when I was in school, we learned how to manage and balance checkbooks. It's kind of a lost art now, but you don't have to worry about that because there's so many apps out here for free that you can download. Mint.com. There's a, there's a million different apps for the person that wants to learn how to budget or the person that wants to track their, their spending. Some of your credit cards offer these same abilities now where they'll show you. I bank with Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo is one of those places that allow you to go online. You can track what you spend your money on. They'll give you a whole analysis on, you know, the mall. The car wash, the uh. <laughs> studio, you know what I'm saying? However you break it down, it's like that. So for the person that or the importance of it rather would be, hey, you know, again, the wants versus the needs or your necessities. And then and look at, again, spending about 20 percent. Try it. Right. I challenge I challenge anybody. Just try it. Try living on about 20, 25 percent of what you make. And you will see for yourself. If you write down, and I, and I encourage everybody to do this, it's budgeting 101. Simply write down what you make for the month, all right? Write down whatever that, that gross is, and then write down what you have to pay, like your expenses, what it is that you need to maintain, whether that's your rent, your car note, your light bill, your gas bill, things like that, your food. And I'm not when I say that, I don't mean going to eat out because that's not a necessity. But write down the things that you need, and then look at that, look at that dollar amount again, of what you make and then write down the things that you want and put that down there and what you'll see is the most often time we live above our means we're, we're spending way too much money on things that mean nothing have no value and are not going to be able to generate us income right and that's very important since we're talking about financial literacy is understanding the difference you're basically just wasting money and a lot of us will touch a million dollars in our lifetime but won't even know it and so the importance of financial literacy, the importance of writing things down, or the importance of proper budgeting, the importance of understanding assets and liabilities all comes back to this one thing. How much money will you keep? Mm. Because the difference between the person that has and the person that doesn't is the person that has managed a way to keep income. Man, so to touch on keeping income, give us some saving tips, man. <laughs> How can we save this money? Well, I think, like I said, the biggest thing about even saving income would be budgeting, but putting your money someplace that can generate you some money. And again, everybody won't have the, the big income to put into a, a business off the top. So I would suggest maybe stocks and bonds for those individuals or even an IRA, uh, IRA, excuse me, or some type of mutual fund that can gain you some interest while it's sitting. They have dope life insurance policies. I myself am a recipient. I have my own life insurance policy. I have an IUL. It's called an Index Universal Life. I live by it. Okay. Not only do I, uh, am I a client? I'm the president. No, I'm saying, <laughs> listen, that's one of those things where you should, yeah. I think that every family member should have one. Seriously speaking now, and especially in our black community, we, 
we tend to perish and have to have a GoFundMe to put our loved ones in a grave. And then you have other ethnicities of people who, when their loved ones pass away, they're giving money, right? And so we're talking about smashing this wealth gap. Well, we don't even understand the importance of properly putting away money for your loved one. Because guess what? Once upon a man to live is once upon a man to die. So at some point, we're all going to check out of here. When I check out of here, I do not want my daughter or my wife or whoever to be uh, worried about freaking hospital bill or paying a mortgage if the mortgage ain't paid off. But again, those things are not taught. Financial literacy needs to be taught. So saving money or properly putting your money places that can generate you money because IUL can generate you a cash accumulate money while it's sitting there and also give you a death benefit while it's sitting there and also give you a living benefit if you if you get the right one, which means if you become critically ill, we have cancer, diabetic or stroke, heart attack, something like that, where a doctor deems you critically ill, you can use 90% of your death benefit. So imagine if you have a $100,000 policy, just 100000 and you, you become sick with cancer. And your doctor says, hey, man, this is a critical illness. We don't expect you to live, blah, 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 pass a year, two years. You can use up to 90%. So $90,000 just became available to you of your death benefit. In some cases, that $90,000 could heal you, mm. right? Could cure you even. As a living testament, I've seen one of my clients personally use, he had a, a life insurance policy of like a half a million dollars. He was diagnosed with cancer. This young man, well, he's a little older than me, so he's he's in his 50s. But he was able to use 400000 dollars to pay his medical bills while he was fighting cancer. He's now cancer-free, right? That's and he amazing. still has his death benefit, right? So to be able to witness something like that was very powerful for me. That's amazing. Yeah, learn how to save. But first, learn how to budget because budgeting comes with that. And if you can budget properly and, and you learn how to, you know, live a little less than than you normally would. Not telling you not to have fun because trust me, I party with the best of them. I work hard, but I play hard. Yes, right? sir. But, but I do it in moderation. Everything mm -hmm. can be done in decency and in order. So if you can learn how to manage and live and budget yourself. And this is this is self-accountability time, too, because while I'm talking about this doesn't mean that I myself haven't struggled with it. Or that you're not going to struggle with it. We're so used to just getting a, getting a bag and then blowing it that it's yep. going to take some time for us to to realign our minds, so to speak. And so don't don't beat yourself up if you don't do it on day one. Don't beat yourself up if you don't do it on month one. You know, it took you however many years you are living to to get to that level that you're at now. So understand and give yourself time. That it's going to take time to be able to do it, but you can do it. Facts. Like Meek says, it's levels to this. <laughs> levels to this, baby. It's levels to this, but hey, and you got to understand that when you're dealing with this. Meek Mills didn't get to where he's at day one. You know what I'm saying? Took him some time to get there. Man, so can you give us some positive money habits that you do personally? And if you have any negative, can you tell us so we can cut them off? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the negative that I, I told you earlier was, man, I used to play really, really hard. And I mean really hard. I party like I was a, a multimillionaire. And just and that was one of the th ego ego caused me to do that. You know, mm. I would go places and see different different cats that was multimillionaires because they played ball, so they they making twenty million dollars a year, blow a bag. I'm like, I can do that. Mm. No, Ryan, you can't. So <laughs> that's just the reality. You can't because you don't have the money to replace it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So you have to <laughs> have to be real with yourself at some point. And that was one of those things I had to grasp. But po positive things that I do, I, I speak on it again. I'm going to say proper budgeting, creating 
and obtaining assets that will create income. And one of the things that I uh, was able to do, me and my business partner with the trucks, my, my man's name is Dwayne, we sat down before we jumped into the trucking business and we both were established businessmen doing different things. We're like, hey, we want to do this business. We know it can make some money, but we want to do it. Neither one of us said we want to be a millionaire from the trucking business. Mm. That's not that's not what we got into the business for. Both of us said, hey, if we can create an extra $500 a week, $500, that's very minimal in the truck business. If you can make an extra $500 a week per person, me and him, mm. that's an extra $2,000 a month. That's an extra $24,000 a year. That's all we wanted to make out of this business is to be able to have some extra money. And we went from one to 12. Right. But but it's being able again, it's mindset. My mindset wasn't on going straight to the top. And now obviously where we're at now, we can I, I've been able to manage and, and understand more of the foundation of this particular business. I know how scaling works. So, yes, my eyes are a little bit bigger now. And I know that we can go out here and accomplish different things. Also, while putting people that look like me to work. So I'm employing those people that look like us and I'm teaching those same individuals how to do it, how I've done it. So not only are they going to be, you know, working but soon they'll be their own bosses and a lot of these individuals that are working for us temporarily now i you know i basically call them my family they're also learning how to run and manage their own business mm. so very and, important and that's one thing i definitely want everybody listening to really understand like how you said you know your eyes are open to that th these things are accomplishable and i i want everybody you know to definitely understand that that we can do these things yes sir Yes, sir. Most definitely. So, yeah, I want to touch. So, let's touch into some real estate, man. So, how was real estate a key to? How was real estate a key component to building wealth? Real estate is a very big asset. Most of the people that are really wealthy become wealthy because of real estate. Once you own mm -hmm. real estate, you can own it for life, for life, life, your life, then your family's life. And real estate is normally passed down. So that's one of those things that I hope to to uh, do as well for my child and then my children's children and all those type of things. And when you think about real estate, let's talk about a duplex. If you're going in real estate for your first time here, you're like, before you buy a house, I would I would rather tell you to go buy a duplex, which will probably cost you half of that house or even less. But that duplex can generate you enough income to pay for your mortgage. Right. See the concept there. A duplex normally has, you know, say, has two units, but maybe you get a duplex that has four units. Mm. If each one of those units can can leverage you five hundred dollars a month, and I'm being really modest, you know, normal duplexes go for more than that, depending on what city and state you live in. But let's just say, for numbers' sake, you got a four-unit duplex. You make an extra two thousand dollars a month. Again, an extra twenty-four thousand dollars a year. Your mortgage now is a thousand dollars for a house that you just paid for. You're not even paying for your mortgage anymore. Yep. The duplex is paying for your mortgage. So you're still able to do whatever you want to do. You don't even have to think about your mortgage because you know you have four tenants in there that are going to pay for you. So this, that's the importance of owning real estate, things like that you can do. Think about the people that own apartment complexes. They have 250 or 300 units at a minimum of $800 a month. Yeah. <laughs> so they're making $320,000 a month. Or let's just say small figures, $200,000 a month. Is what they're making off of these units. Maybe they're paying. Let's say let's say a hundred thousand dollars goes to staff and monthly bills for those apartment complexes. So they're profiting one hundred k a month for that one 
big apartment complex. That's $1.2 million a year that they're mm-hmm. making profit off of an apartment complex that you own for how long? I don't know, 30 years, 50 years even. And if you keep it up, your kids now own it, right? Yeah. So think about that. Now, if, if, if I just told you very small numbers, $1.2 million a year. If you own that for 50 years, you've made over $50 million power in real estate, right? So those are the type of things that happen, but we have to be able to see it. A lot of us are being taught that we're from this popcorn uh, society where we want to put it in a microwave in 30 seconds. We want to have a full meal, fully cooked, and we want to eat it right then or right there. But normally the best meals are the ones your mama slaved over over the kitchen. It might have took her all Sunday to make that dinner, but when you sit down, you know, ooh. (laughs) Right? It was off the chain. Yeah. My my girl likes to tell me all the time that uh, she makes it with love. I didn't really understand that for a minute. I was like, why she keep telling me she's cooking this with love? Mm. Well, you know when you're eating it. <laughs> My mom yeah. said it all the time. Yeah, it's the truth. I swear, when I be eating that mac and cheese, I be doing. <laughs> That's I one of my favorites, Joe. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> no cap. No cap. So what are some of the common misconceptions about real estate? That you're going to get rich overnight. Mm. You know, when you talk to people that do real estate, or people that are just coming into real estate, there, everybody has their eyes. But like I told you, it's the popcorn uh, mentality. Put it in for three minutes and come out and now you're rich. That's not how mm-hmm. it works. I mean, there's a few, few people that have probably done it. Very few, but that's a long-term investment. It's almost like stocks. Mm-hmm. You're going to put your money someplace where the stock is generally not meant to make you millions of dollars overnight. It's something that's a long-term wealth-building process. So you put it in there and you don't think about it. Those are the people that have the most success with stocks. You, you, you put $10,000 into some stocks and you wait. In 10 years, you see that 10000 made you an extra 100000 or 200,000, which means that those people are still doing other things while their money is manifesting. Definitely. You have to be able to be patient, which is something that a lot of us are not able to do. Mm. Uh, but I promise you, being patient will pay off in the end. So, can you elaborate on the term leveraging debt? I mean, so in a nutshell, I'll, I'll revert back to the real estate option, right? The reason why I explained it how I explained it is basically is what you're doing. When you establish a duplex, um, let's say you get a four a four unit duplex. You've acquired debt now, uh, unless you're one of those people that had a silver spoon in their mouth for it. You know, maybe maybe somebody did leave you a life insurance policy or something. But mm. for most of us, we're gonna go out there. We're gonna establish the debt. So instead of establishing two or three hundred thousand dollar debt, you establish a hundred thousand dollar debt, and then you say, hey, this hundred thousand dollar debt is now gonna be able to pay for itself, mm. and then the two hundred thousand dollar debt that I'm getting ready to get into because that mortgage on that duplex might only be five hundred bucks. For those four units, right? And then your new house that you're going to be able to purchase now is going to be a thousand dollars a month mortgage. The duplex we already determined is going to make us two thousand dollars a month, right? So the duplex is going to pay for itself. The duplex is now paying for my new home for a thousand dollars a month. I spend fifteen hundred dollars off of two thousand dollars that this is generating. I'm still making a net profit of five hundred dollars a month coming back into my pocket, right? So that's how you can leverage debt. That's not the only way, but that is one of the premier ways to do it. Okay. I know we touched on credit a little earlier. So why is it so important for people to have good credit, you know, just in general? Okay. Well, in general, credit is power. Credit credit determines your interest rates for homes or cars or even credit cards. Credit can determine the amount of time that you can get to pay a home or a car or even a credit card. It can also determine your amount or your limit. Credit can also be used to generate income. You can, because of your credit, the bank may establish you a line of credit with simply a revolving thing that it says, hey, the bank says, you know what? 
your your credit is so amazing that I, I want to give you a hundred thousand dollars and and you can use it whenever as a revolving line of credit almost like a credit card right which means hey if I go pull fifty thousand dollars I paid on the fifty thousand dollars I still have fifty thousand that's available to me mm. but I, but I'm gonna pay on just this fifty thousand and when I pay that back this fifty thousand dollars plus whatever little interest is gonna be because my credit is amazing so my yeah. interest might be two or three percent whenever I pay that back I'll still have that whole hundred thousand dollars again that I can use. So credit is, is very important and for the people that are listening. If you've been to the car a lot recently and the car dealership told you no, or mm. you applied for a car and the car a lot came back and told you that your payments are going to be $727 for 72 months um, <laughs> on a $20,000 Chevrolet Malibu, you know that your credit sucks. Mm. So <laughs> let's work on increasing your credit to get it to uh, you know high sixes, 700s even, you know, 800 takes time. So I want to hear people talk about that. I've got an 800 credit score. It takes time because you have to establish such a, a good paying record, but you can, you can do it. It can be done. What but, are some ways that, you know, we can raise our credit? Lower your, your debt to income ratio. So if you're spending too much money credit wise, you're mm -hmm. going to, you're going to raise your debt to income ratio, which is going to lower your credit score. Most often time people, that's the, that's the most common. The other thing is alleviating debt which also, again, lowers your debt-to-income ratio. One of the other reasons that you can lower your credit score is by paying on time. Because if you pay late, a day late, you're going to get hit with that late payment, and, and it's going to annotate on your credit score. you drop your credit score. Just one late payment can drop you 50 points. Jeez. Or even more. In some cases, I've done it. You know, I had my credit up to like 740, 750, and then one late payment, not even thinking about it, just forgot about it one time. Like, oh, man, I need to pay that. You pay it late, and now you establish that your credit score has dropped 72 points. So I got one more question for you, boss man. Yes, sir. I'm going to read you two quotes, and you tell me, in your opinion, which quote is more accurate. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. So my first quote is, money can't buy happiness. And my second quote is, more money, more problems. Which one is more accurate, in your opinion? <laughs> uh, more money, more problems. <laughs> all right. Why is that? Well... With, with proper education, you can have money and you can minimize your problems. But with poor financial education, the more money we get, we tend to spend more. The more money we get, we tend to blow more. We tend to just do things that are illegitimate to us continuing to make money or have money. So when that when that concept comes up, more money, more problems, yeah, that's that's the, the most common of those is because we're not we don't have the education to to keep it. Right. Mm. And I heard somebody say, you just say money buys happiness. Yes, sir. I, don't, I don't think money buys happiness, but money definitely feels good. It definitely, it definitely helps you stay happy. I can tell you that. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> got you, got you, got you, man. I appreciate your time, man. Thanks for joining us on FY Fly the Podcast. Let the audience know where to reach you. Any final words? Go ahead, boss. Uh, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, second, you can find me on all social media platforms, but go to ryanknowsbest.org. All my links are there. Again, if you would like to purchase a book, ryanknowsbest.org, you can scroll down to books. My books are there. If you would like to purchase a consultation, sit with me, talk to me. Let's get this going. Let's get your business going. Let's get off the ground. Or you just have simple questions that you want asked in regards to business. Hit me up, ryanknowsbest.org. Click on the uh, book now or the consultation link. I'll be happy to help you out. My book's titled, Getting Things Done, all right? Getting Things Done. Stop living your life in lack. Stop being a procrastinator. Get off your yes, butt. Sir. Let's get things done. Let's make it work.
Thank you for having me, my man. FYI yes, Fly. And y'all better go get the FYI Fly app when it drops. Because I facts. am. Big facts. Big facts, man. Get things done, man. Never lack out here. Man, I appreciate you, boss, man. Now we're going to take it back to Remy G and me for one of our favorite segments called Did You Know? Let's go. Welcome back. Welcome back to FYI Fly the Podcast. And y'all already know what's going on next, but if y'all don't, me and Remy G finna let y'all know. Did you know 62% of U.S. billionaires are self-made? And did you know 22.5% of all small businesses fail within the first year? Did you know small businesses' failure rate has declined by 30% since 1977? Did you know the number one reason why businesses fail because there's no market need? Did you know 26% of entrepreneurs said their biggest motivation for starting their own business was the idea of being their own boss? Did you know only 9% of entrepreneurs have a bachelor's degree in business? But before we wrap it up for you guys, my brother Remy G, a.k.a. Mr. Make a Play, is coming out with his own clothing line shortly. Hey, bro, why don't you tell us about that and some of the plays that you're putting in motion to get your business off the ground, bro? Yeah, 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 I got you. So you should be pretty familiar with the Rising Senior Fund from Bonner, huh? Yeah, but I don't think our listeners are. Well, to those who don't, the Rising Senior Fund is money set aside for senior Bonner scholars to further any kind of professional development. I submitted a proposal and business plan for my brand Make a Player Apparel to the school and they absolutely loved it. So now I'm in the process of building a website as well as a couple more social media pages to gain more exposure for my brand. And it's really crazy because I turned my most popular song into a whole business. So y'all stay tuned man, Make a Player Apparel coming real soon. You heard it first from Mr. Make a Player himself. Yes sir, yes sir, we can't wait for that to drop. But all in all, when starting a business, you just need to do your research. Come up with the action plan and put your play in motion. Do not let other people's opinions hold you back. Don't let fear of change hold you back. Come up with a plan and go attack, baby. Facts. I know we talked about a lot today, so the key things to remember are to be sure you're picking the right business structure that provides the liability protection you want, the proper tax benefits, and the amount of partners, if any. Thank you to all our supporters for rocking with us during this crazy year. 2020 has really been one for the book, man. Rest in peace, Kobe, Gigi, Chadwick, Debo, and KD. Also, rest in peace, everyone that we lost from COVID and from police brutality. And may we see a better year next year. If y'all would like to chop it up about anything, reach out to us on social media at FYI Fly. That's F-Y-I-F-L-I. And also reach out to me on my personal page, CEO Sonny. C-E-O-S-A-N-N-I. But hey, General, any last words before we log out of 2020? Yeah, I got a little something. Abe Lincoln said the best way to predict the future is to create the future. Take control of your life now. Not in a minute, and not later, or not next month, but now. And we coming back even harder for 2021. Big facts. And for one last time of 2020, stay safe. Stay invested. Stay fly. Thank you all for listening to FY Fly, the podcast, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Tune in next week for more financial literacy insights with our special guests. Please visit our website, social media platforms, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at FYI Fly Podcast. That's FYI FLI Podcast. See y'all next week and stay fly. But don't y'all go anywhere just yet. Stay tuned. It's each week here on FYI Fly. We like to give an independent artist a place to shine and gain some exposure. This week we have Big Cap by King Dirty. Let's get it. I keep me a polar hand, I strike you like bowling pins, no Nickelodeon. My slot keep it rolling in, my brother, my wooden, them crazy, no holding him. 
ass like petroleum. Her ass like petroleum. Why call it Eminem? Got why call it Eminem? I'm busting at him and him. Tell T-Lo finish him. He capping bust at his brim. The Reaper, they call me Grim. I got them right in here. My diamond's so bright in here. She wetter than swim again. Ain't someone that I feel. No 